And we are back at another kick at the can. Oh, yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to talk to Lior, get your questions answered about employment law, severance, workplace harassment. We covered all here on the show each week. Got a lot of topics to get through, your emails and your phone calls as well. When you have some uh, some time, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance offer really should be. And, Lior, you have even a bigger announcement for this week. What is going on? Well, John, you know, you and I have been doing this show right here uh, for four and a half, going on five years now, yep. and, and, you know, we've been very proud. It's been our, our pride and privilege to be able to help so many people and to educate and inform people. Well, we, we decided that uh, we should take our, our show to a different medium, so uh, effective uh, now, every Saturday, you and I can be seen on Global in the morning at 10 a.m. for our new TV show, The Employment Hour in 30 where we get to uh, to take our show on TV and talk about employment rights and workplace uh, rights, uh, severance and termination of employment and answer questions, etc. So, you know, if you've been enjoying our show here uh, for all these years, check us out every Saturday morning on Global 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. And, uh, you know, again, tell people, uh, tell people about it. Let's make sure that everyone is educated. That's what we do the show, to reach as many people as possible and inform them. So uh, tell people about it and check us out, uh, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, hopefully get a good response from you guys. We have always appreciated our radio listeners, and we look forward to meeting and talking to new people uh, as well. Yep, two guys with a face for radio, indeed. So um, uh, <laughs> we always start every week with the uh, the week that was, pal. What's going on? That's right, Johnny. So we want to start off with a couple of scenarios that I saw over the past uh, few days, and it's been busy time. You know, it is. I've said this before. Uh, the fall this this time November it it really is a busy time a lot of people calling with questions and issues so I'm happy to answer them so first situation I'll tell you about John involved a gentleman that worked in a manufacturing facility now this facility had the two levels the first level was the actual plant the actual manufacturer facility where the work was done the second level was administrative offices uh, and uh, that's where you know the admin the accounting people all mm-hmm. worked. Well, this gentleman had worked for for a number of years uh, up on that second level in as an administrative uh, an administrative role, and his boss comes to him and says, "Well, we want to take away your office and give it to someone else, and you're not going to have an office." So he asked the boss, "Well, where am I going to go?" Well, we're going to put you down on the on the first floor there. We're going to get your desk and put it somewhere up against the wall in the hallway. Well, this gentleman had an office. Obviously, it was a nice nice office. Uh, and it was important for him to have it because it was provided some privacy. It allowed him yep. to do his work, uh, you know, quietly and, and properly. And to now be sitting in the middle of a hallway where a lot of noise, machines, people coming and going. Uh, he's also spends quite a bit of time on the phone. Uh, it would just be very difficult for him. And he called me, you know, rather upset. And I understand why he'd be upset, wanting to know, can they do this? Is this something that they're allowed to do? Well, John, this is a significant change to the terms of employment. It's a change to work conditions. If you have an office, all of a sudden your office is being taken away from you. Uh, that's a big deal. And I told him that because it's a big deal, he doesn't have to accept it. So what I told him is this. Try to convince your, your employer not to do this. Explain to them no. uh, why it's important for you to have the office, why it's going to be very difficult for you to do your job otherwise. And if they don't back off and you don't want to accept this new change, then you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. You can leave with severance because it's such a significant change to the terms of employment. So he's going to talk to his boss, and hopefully the boss understands that this is not a good idea. But I want us, our listeners to understand that, that there's such a thing uh, as, as you know, workplace conditions. It's not just about you know, your salary and your benefits and, and your, uh, you know, de- whether you've demoted. 
sometimes the, the work environment may change, and that alone, if it's a significant enough change, can result in a constructive dismissal. So if you're faced with a workplace change, whether it's a change to an office, uh, compensation, any change where you're now not having exactly the job that you had before, you may have rights here. Give me a call if that happens. Happy to chat and guide you through that process. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. What else you got in your docket there? Second matter I'll tell you about, John, involved a, a lady that called me. She had worked as a salesperson for about three years, and uh, there are a number of salespeople in this organization all doing essentially the same job, selling the same products. Well, she had happened to find out that a male colleague of hers was actually making more commission than her, uh, doing the same job, earning more commission. Well, she thought that was somewhat strange, so she, she researched this, and she talked to a number of people, and sure enough, John, she found out that all the, the women were making a certain number of commission, a, a certain amount of commission, and all the men were making a different amount, which was more. So the company deliberately paid women less than it paid men. And she was very upset, of course, understandably, and she called me and she said, can I do something about this? Is this right? Is this legal? Well, no, it's not legal. That's exactly, uh, John, what I told her. Uh, an employer can't decide to dis to differentiate between men and women in this way. It's, it's completely illegal. It's discrimination under the Human Rights Code. Now, an employer doesn't have to pay employees the same, right. but the reason for the difference cannot be gender. Uh, you can pay them differently based on experience. You can pay them difference because one is a better than a negotiator than someone else, but you cannot base that on gender. So this is, a, uh, this is gender discrimination, sex discrimination. So I told her she doesn't have to... Uh, continue working she could potentially commence a human rights action here so she's going to consider if that's what she wants to do so remember when it comes to compensation really any term of employment there cannot be a difference between men and women if it, if there is such a difference that's a human rights violation that's completely illegal you can call Lior anytime, by the way, 1-855-821-5900. We'll take a, a short break here, get some more emails and your phone calls, of course. Phone lines are open for tonight, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Just getting warmed up, the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Reminder as well that Saturdays now at 10 a.m. on Global, you will catch the Employment Hour in 30. We're on TV doing the same thing, informing people. And uh, taking it from there, Lior, let's go to a phone call, if uh, if you will. William in uh, Stony Creek. Hey, William, good evening. How are you? Hey, not bad. How are you guys? Good, pal. What's going on? Love the show, by the way. I Thanks, man. Time. Thank you. Yeah, I'm an independent contractor for a logistics company, and uh, they took it upon themselves to get a few of my clients and uh, actually extend their credit to an extreme amount of money. Not sure if they lent them money or whatever, but uh, they've uh, just recently got a letters that the company has gone bankrupt that they lent the most amount of money to and uh, we've got a, a tremendous amount of freight for them and uh, they refuse to bring my, my, my commissions based on the problems that they're having and I was wondering what my recourse is, you know, having working there, I'm actually looking for another job because I'm kind of fed up, you know, because of, because of all the shit that's went on excuse my language kind of, um, kind of got me in a, a, a rock and a hard place because i got a family five kids and, uh, you know, without my commission checks, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, drowning in, in, in debt, you know? Mm -hmm. So, William, just so I understand, the, the commissions are owed with respect to a company that's now bankrupt. So is it fair to say that the company that you work for has not gotten paid because the other company is bankrupt? Yes, yes. And they, were, they took it upon themselves to give them a credit that I never authorized. So he said, it's not my problem. He said, it's his problem that 
you know, that he, he went ahead and extended the guy's credit, but the guy was moving up his location, and he put money in, he put a lot of his equipment in storage with us as well. Right. So my boss is saying, well, don't worry, I've got recourse, I've got all this equipment here, when he has to set up again, he's got to pay us first before he gets the equipment. I go, yes, but he does exclusion, what, what good is that equipment to us if, uh, if, if, if we can't get him going again or if he doesn't get going again? How can we sell this equipment for the money that is owed? I'm kind of confused between what to do, right? So, so here's how things uh, shake out from a legal standpoint. Uh, generally speaking, if the company that was supposed to pay the money didn't pay the money and we can't go after them because they're bankrupt, then you know everyone loses. The company that you work for loses because they don't get paid. You lose because you don't get the commission. That said, if the reason why this is such a bad situation for you is because the company that you were working for was, was reckless, they were irresponsible, they didn't meet their obligations to be careful with, with money and with your time, etc., then it's quite possible that the reason why you're in this mess and everyone is in this mess is, is because of them, in which case they may be liable to pay you. So that, that, that is certainly something explore, that's worth exploring. If they have an obligation to be responsible and have a, an obligation to you not to put you in a situation where you're sure to lose money and, and uh, you know, where, where you're in a no-win situation. So that's the way that we could potentially attack this matter. So I would propose that you and I connect off-air. I want to find out exactly what happened between the two companies, why it went bankrupt, what your company could have done to avoid uh, incurring this liability. And on that basis, we may be able to pursue this company in order to get you the commission that you owed. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about, and I'd love to connect with you off-air. William, that number, one 821 5900 You get all kinds of phone calls on this, and to uh, to sift through it, Lior, it's, it's a heck of a job. That's why you need to call uh, an employment lawyer, right, at all times. You you really do. I mean, these, these issues happen, and you may find yourself, you know, I know I have a problem, but I don't know yeah. how to approach this problem. I don't know how to solve it. I don't know if there's recourse. you got to get advice. The law is quite good. We'll talk about it a bit later, but there's so many options that the law provides in, in protecting individuals, protecting employees. you just got to make the call and understand what your rights are. John, we'll get to uh, you before we break. How are you? Good evening. Hi. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? So, a question. Um, I'm in a situation right now. I'll give you sort of a basics. I'm um, 61 years old. I'm a senior manager in a company. Just had a major change of CAO and um, I'm another boss ab- above me between uh, myself and the CAO. Um, had a review recently, very poor review done. Um, this follows uh, uh, 12 reviews I've had that were excellent. And I'm attributing it to the fact that they're looking to scale down the, the senior management team and using this as one of their um, means to do it. Um, also wanting to uh, change a few things with respect to my reporting structure, sorry, that, that is who, who, who does report to me. And um, I've raised some issues about it, just some logistics about, you know, why it wouldn't be good for me, and it's kind of fallen on, on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see the path that this is all leading, and um, the question I have for you is, would there be any merit in um, retaining a lawyer to issue a letter to the employer while I'm still employed, something along the line, uh, uh, letting them know that um, I'm aware of what's going on and if they want to negotiate, feel free to negotiate or, or come up with a different uh, perspective? Well, 
you know, I I'd want to understand first of all better the the idea of, of them changing the reporting relationship because it's it's really a question of whether or not that's a significant enough change that they're not allowed to do it. An employer is allowed to make some changes, and if it's just more formality instead of reporting to person A, you're reporting to person B, but nothing really else changes. It's possible that this is an allowable change, which means not much can be done about it. Now, I, I know you're concerned about the performance review, but the reality is that if they wanted to to let you go, they can, right? They don't need an excuse for that. They obviously have to pay severance, and it's going to be a significant amount because you're in a senior position. But they don't have to, to come up with an excuse, so to speak, with the bad performance reviews. So ultimately, I think that the angle here, if there's a letter to be written to them, is that it's with respect to a potential constructive dismissal. If they change the job with this change in reporting relationship so that now you know, your job is not workable, it's more difficult, uh, you can't really do what you're supposed to do, then yeah, I think it's absolutely worth sending a letter and discussing with them and trying to either kind of get them to back off or maybe if everyone is better off leaving, let's talk about how we part ways and, and get you some compensation so you don't have to put up with this. So there's, there's a lot to talk about, and, and I think it's worth having that discussion. John, I'm going to uh, stop you right there. We'll take a, a short break. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to get a hold of Lior outside of show hours. If you want to call or email help at employmenthour.com. And the phone line is open, of course, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. We'll have a look at And the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour continues Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The weekend shows and now on Global Saturdays at 10 a.m. You will catch Employment Hour at 30 on TV as well. So lots of stuff, lots of coverage right there. Get to uh, Bill on the line. Hey, Bill, how are you? Not bad. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, I've got a quick question for you. Um, I work for a trucking company. been with the company for four years. I have a perfect record, never been written up, never been late for work, never called in sick, nothing. And uh, I got a fine about, uh, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. And the company uh, uh, wrote me up and suspended me for, uh, for a week. Uh, for the first offense, I just kind of wondered: can they give you, can you write you up and suspend you for first offense number one? And number two, we're going to fight the fine. If I happen to win, which I, I good chance I might win, I've already been suspended. So if I'm found not guilty in court, yet I've, I've served a, a week suspension at work, how does that work? Now, uh, Bill, was this a paid or unpaid suspension? Unpaid. Unpaid. Well, the general rule you should know is that a company is actually not allowed to suspend you uh, on an unpaid basis. Even if you did do something wrong, uh, they're not allowed to suspend you on unpaid. They can suspend you only with pay. So you actually, believe it or not, even after a week, potentially have the right to, to treat your employment as being constructively dismissed, which means you could leave potentially with severance. Now, that may not be an attractive option, but you, you, you have to decide that. At a minimum, okay, what I would uh, make it very clear to them, and I would put this in writing, okay, I would say that, that uh, you don't think that suspension was appropriate and that you don't agree to future su uh, suspensions like that. The reason why you want to do that is you don't want there to be a precedent set now that they can just suspend you without pay. Because uh, I told you, again, they're not allowed to do it. They did it, and if you don't say anything about it, you just, you know, I know you're not happy, but you go back to work, then they potentially have the right to do it again. They have to make a determination on their own as to whether you did something wrong, irrespective of what happens with the ticket, whether you fight it and successfully. And if they determine that you did something wrong, they're allowed to impose some sort of a discipline, but they're not allowed to suspend you, to suspend you without pay. 
That doesn't mean that there's a way necessarily to get the money back. It simply means that you have a poten potentially the choice now to leave with compensation. If that's something, uh, Bill, that you want to discuss, you want to talk about leaving with compensation, leaving uh, with severance, then let's let's talk about it out there. If not, at a minimum, I want you to write them and tell them that you don't agree to future changes like that and that uh, that you don't think that was appropriate. Okay, Bill, Bill appreciate so you. let's do it that way. Appreciate your call, Bill. one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com is another way to get a hold of Lior. And we'll get to uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know. That's going to be our topic for tonight. Uh, first one, law. The law is your friend. Yeah, John, I alluded to this a bit earlier, but I wanted to start with this one when it comes to our rules of thumb. And that is that, uh, you know, you, you have to understand something about the law when it comes to employment law. Obviously, we're talking about specifically employment law. There's laws that protect employees in almost every scenario in the workplace that protect employees from being harassed, discriminated against, fired without severance, having their job changed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on. Uh, and, you know, there really is rarely a situation where the law just puts up its hand and says it can't help you. The problem is a lot of people don't understand what the law is, don't appreciate the, the, uh, the rights that they have. But it's even worse than that. Sometimes people give up their rights, maybe through a contract of employment, an employment agreement, where uh, they, in that agreement they sign documents that, that give up some of the rights that they had. So I don't want that to happen. I want you to always understand that you have good rights. I want you to always understand that the law protects you, that there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. And if someone wants you to sign a document okay, that takes away some of the rights that you would otherwise have, don't do it. Call me. Let's talk about what, what it means and, and, and what it does. Uh, you don't want to find out later that you would have had rights, but you gave them away. Uh, the law is your friend. Always remember that. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell is the number to call. And uh, your emails and more of the rules of thumb that every employee must know coming right up right here on Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. Here till 8 o'clock tonight, back Wednesday night, of course, as well. The Employment Hour here, Talk Radio AM 640. Lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Rules of thumb, every employee must know. The next one is, if it's not in writing, it does not exist. You know, when I first came up with a, a list of rules of thumb, this was my first one, actually, mm -hmm. when I, I that I jotted down for myself and i've lived by this rule i've preached this rule if it's not in writing it does not exist so i want our listeners to get used to that idea uh, it's very difficult to to prove something that was said in writing unless the other party that you said it to uh, agrees so if you ever have, have to establish something prove something the written word always wins now this often comes in the context of promises that maybe an employer may make to an employee so if you've been promised something a raise a pay increase a promotion uh, a, you know overtime hours etc if you don't actually get that in writing you're not going to be able to enforce it in most situations and and if you get it if you don't get it in writing and you ask for it in writing if someone says, no, I'm not going to give it to you in writing, then you know why. Because they're not mm. intending to live by it. There's a reason why someone's not going to give it to you in writing. So you always want to, uh, whenever there's an agreement on something, put it in writing, get it in writing. The other thing, of course, uh, when it comes to writing is if you want to have a written record of something. Maybe someone did something to you, to you and you wish there was a record of it. Or someone said something to you that was bad and, man, I wish there was something in writing so I can do yeah. something about it. Well, create that record yourself. That's okay. Send an email to someone confirming what happened. Or even as simple as have a journal or, or something that where you write down 
contemporaneously what happened. Even taking contemporaneous notes is good enough in, in, in having that record. So I always want you to think in terms of, you know, oral, not so good, can't prove it. You want to have something in writing always. Uh, the written word always wins the day. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell lines are open right till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. You want to call through, have some questions for Lior about your job, your employment, your severance. Feel free to uh, call through and get them answered. Talk about the rules of thumb that every employee must know. Next one is there's no such thing as job security. We love that term, job security. Yeah, and a lot of people are very shocked by that, John, and I understand why. People think, well, if, if I do my work and I work hard and, and I'm a team player, uh, then I have job security. I'll, I'll have a job forever. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case. And I understand why people believe that. And, and I used to believe that as well before I started practicing law. But there really isn't such a thing as job security. The law here is such that an employer is allowed to let an employee go, if, even if the employee did nothing wrong, as long as severance is paid. Okay, As long as severance is paid and the employer can let an employee go for no reason or no good reason at all, uh, as long as they pay the, the severance that, that's owed to the employee. Uh, people that call me mostly, uh, often I should say, are not even calling me about severance when they lost their job. They call me because they're upset that they lost a job yeah. in the first place. They, they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, maybe someone else is at fault for what they were accused of, so why did they let me go? Or, you know, I was more senior than the other person. They should have let him go. Well, the reality is that even though that is fair, what you're saying, from a legal standpoint, uh, an employer can let you go. So there's no such thing as job security, but the law makes up for it by providing adequate, good, even generous severance. Right. Most people have significant severance entitlements, generous entitlements, uh, and that's what you wrote. So you may think it's a week per year. It's not. We'll talk more about that later. But generally speaking, I want everyone to understand no such thing, unfortunately, is job security, but the law makes up to, uh, for that in good severance. You have to assume, always assume that your severance offer is inadequate. That is another rule of thumb that every employee must know, right? That is a huge rule of thumb. If you're uh, looking at a severance letter, you maybe walked out of a meeting and you were handed that severance letter and you opened it, before you even read the first word, the first letter on the first page, you should and you can assume that your severance offer is completely and utterly inadequate. And I only say that because I've been doing this for 15 years, reviewed thousands and thousands of severance packages in that time, and I can tell you that over 90%, well over 90%, of the severance offers out there are inadequate. And I'm not talking about inadequate to the tune of a week's pay, two weeks pay, three weeks pay. I'm talking about inadequate to the tune of months pay. I'm talking about a situation where someone is offered six weeks pay and they should have been offered 12 months pay. So if, you're, if you lost your job, you should always assume that your severance offer is inadequate. And by assuming that, you'll know what to do. You'll know you have to get legal advice. You'll have to check out the severance calculator. You have to do something to enforce your rights because you cannot assume that your employer is giving you what is actually owed. In most cases, almost all cases, that's not the case. And it's only your responsibility, the employee holding that severance letter, to make sure that you get what you're owed. I was just, you, you mentioned, I was about to bounce over there, severance pay calculator. We've, uh, you've had this for about four years as well. You've been used literally hundreds of thousands of times by people and, uh, and, and glad they used it. Give me some more details on it. So, John, employees have been using this all over the country. And, every, and by the way, it does work in every province uh, other than Quebec, but it, mm -hmm. other than Quebec, it works in every single province. And that's a tool that allows anyone and everyone to find out exactly how much severance they're owed, 
the real amount, not what the employer wants to pay, not what the employer thinks it should pay or what your minimum entitlements are. It calculates all your full entitlements. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com and you answer three simple questions anonymously. And no, you don't need to put in your name there and you're done. It's going to tell you how many months pay you owed. Anyone can use it. It's completely free, very user-friendly, takes seconds. And I always say it's the first place you go to. Maybe you lost your job and it's Friday evening and you can't actually talk to anyone. Well, you can use this, the severance calculator. Check it out. Tell others about it, severancepaycalculator.com. Andy, let me get you in here quick before we uh, take a break. How are you? Good evening. Perfect. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's going on with you today? So basically my question was because um, I've had um, a couple of jobs where they've actually fired me over text. And uh, I didn't know. I don't really know the law on that. I never knew really what to do um, in that situation. Well, good question, Andy. And what I'll say is that firing someone over text, wrong and unprofessional, but not illegal. Nah. An employer is allowed to let you go through text, through email, uh, on the phone. Again, not a professional way, and I, I certainly encourage employers not to do that at all. But it's it's legal. It's a question of severance. If your employer tells you over text you're 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 done, don't come in anymore. Again, that kind of not not a very good thing. But it is legal. But they still have to pay you severance. They have to follow that up with the appropriate severance. Did you okay. receive severance? No, I did not. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. That makes it a wrongful dismissal. Not the text message. Is the fact that you did not get severance. Uh, how long ago were you let go? Um, a couple, maybe like four or five months ago. Okay, and how long did you work for that company? Uh, about almost two years. And what were you doing? What job, Andy? Uh, I was a, a cook. A cook, all right. And how old are you? I'm 32. Well, you'd probably be looking at as much as five or even six months' uh, pay there uh, oh, wow. is what you'd be owed uh, potentially. So. Okay. So you owe that severance. So you, if you didn't receive it, unless you were let go, did they say you did something wrong? Why did they let you go? Uh, well, actually, he actually punched me in the chest, and I walked out. So, Oh, well, yeah. did you involve the yeah. police? Uh, I didn't. Um, stupidly, I didn't. I should have. But, um, I mean, it goes more than that. I mean, he, he went as far as grabbing my arm even. It was, it was ridiculous. Okay. Well, then you and I have stuff to talk about, Andy. Let's connect off air. Connect off air, I should say, because you're owed severance. Uh, and certainly, unless there's more to the story, and I'll find out more when I talk to you. But you can't be let go without severance. Uh, and so it's not so much the text, even though that's unprofessional. It's a fact that you're owed several months' pay, and we need to deal with that, Andy. Andy, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break here, get back to your calls. Phone lines are open. We've got lots, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell as well. It is 746, the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Wednesdays, we are back here again at 7. We've got the weekend shows on 640 as well. And now Saturdays, 10 a.m., you will catch the TV show, Employment Hour in 30 with Lior and myself right there on Global. So uh, tune into that as well. Gary, good evening. How are you? I am top of the world, king of the hill. <laughs> Excellent. What's going on with you? What's your concern? Well, I uh, sorry about that. Um, I phoned last week, but my cell dropped the call. Oh, okay. There you go. You get a new cell? Yes, I did. Oh, well, there you go. Go ahead. What's your concern? All right. I got let go last November. Uh, we discussed this a little bit last week before I got cut off. But the other question I had to go along with that was I had negotiated a certain rate of pay prior, a couple of years prior to being dismissed. And in the interim, they had reduced my pay 
by $2 an hour because, according to them, I couldn't make more than uh, the other drivers at the time. Okay. And can they arbitrarily reduce your pay with, with, with that type of excuse? How before they let you go? How long before they let you go did they reduce the pay? About a couple of years. So the the problem is that that no, they can't do that. But because you continued working, you've accepted it. You had accepted that change. At the time that they reduced the pay, you could have said absolutely not. And and if they continued with it, you could have said that's a constructive dismissal. No, I'm not going to accept it, and and, and I'm going to make you pay me what you owe me. But obviously, you know, because you continued working, you've accepted it. So nothing much can be done about that. And it also means that when they paid you your severance a couple of years later, that severance would be based on the reduced pay, the amount that you were earning at the time of termination. So, no, they're not allowed to do it, but you're otherwise, Gary, considered to have accepted it. Okay. Now, uh, as far as severance, uh, I was there eight and a half years. You got eight weeks, period. My gosh. Uh, as a driver, I think you said, is that right, Gary? Well, actually, uh, that was one of my jobs. I was also a parts procurer. It was a dealership in town. Okay. I was a parts procurer. I was a manager of several areas a couple of times. My, my, my job title changed almost continuously. And how old are you, Gary? 66. Well, someone in your situation would probably be looking as much as 10 months pay, maybe even a bit more than that. It could be as much as 12 months. I said months, by the way, not weeks, months. Right. So so you're, you're owed significantly more. So wh where do things stand? That was a year ago. What's happened since? Uh, I have since uh, uh, regained employment. Okay. But, but uh, if I'm owed money, uh, I, I need to go after it. Well, yeah, you're at significant amounts, Gary, so I, I wouldn't sit on this any longer. It's been a year. Give me a call. Let's resolve it. The good news is this would resolve very quickly. There's not there's not much here from a legal standpoint to complicate it. So if you can, you and I connect off air, let me chat with you, get some more information, and, and let me get you what you're owed. No problem. All right, appreciate uh, your call, Gary. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll continue with our rules of thumb that every employee must know. Next one is: if you think you're about to lose your job, you got that spidey sense. Chances are you're probably right. Yeah, your, your spidey sense is usually right, and I, and I've had many calls, John, over the years from people that uh, thought, well, you know, I'm I'm feeling I, I have a sense that they're going to let me go. They're, they're not treating me the same. They're not calling me into meetings. They're kind of excluding me, so they're letting me go. Well, I, I, and usually when that comes, I get that call about a week or two later, I get another call saying, yeah, now they really let me go. So uh, if you get that sense, you, it's probably going to happen, which also means let's let's get ready for it. So what, what does that mean? It means that you may want to start getting a copy of your employment agreement. Let's have right. that available. If there's other documents that are relevant, a, a, a policy uh, with respect to pay, a bonus policy, for example, let's have that. Uh, if there's uh, any disciplinary letters that you've received, let's have a copy because if and when you are let go, we're going to want to look at all that so we can assess how much you're owed. And by the way, if, if, if you do think you're about to be let go, it may also be a good idea to keep your eyes open with respect to new employment. So bottom line is if you are getting that that, that a spidey sense, a spidey feeling that tells you, uh, yeah, I think they're letting me go. Most of the time, in my experience, it's correct. So prepare for it. Have the severance calculator handy. And remember that you're owed severance. Remember that the law is your friend. 
and, and give me a call if and when that happens. The rules of thumb that every employee must know. We'll get to one of the biggest after a short break. You want to stay tuned for this one. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. More of the Employment Hour coming right up right here on Talk Radio, AM640. At 7.54 on your Monday night, we'll get to another phone call here. I'd like to get him as many as we can. Pat, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, Pat. What's, so what's your concern? My concern is I currently work uh, making thirteen fifty three an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, my concern is the new minimum wage is going to go up as of next year, supposedly, to $14 an hour. Now, my question would be, do, would I be compensated for this? Uh, to a higher wage, or am I now stuck at minimum wage? How does that work? Oh, great question, Pat. So, yes, you will have to start making the new minimum wage. So, so you will be getting a pay increase, and anyone that's making less than minimum wage will automatically, as of the date the minimum wage comes into force, will be making the new wage. So so you're not stuck in that role at all, and, and it doesn't matter what you've agreed to. You have to get paid at least minimum wage. You don't. They don't have to pay you more than that, but they absolutely have to pay you at least that, uh, Pat. Okay. Also, so in other words, if I if I was to, I'm making thirteen fifty-three right now, which is over the minimum wage as we speak. Right. I would be as a new as an as a new minimum wage rises up to fourteen, I'd be technically stuck at that new minimum wage. So, so you, they'd have to pay you at least fourteen. Maybe they decide to pay you more, because uh, right now, let's say you make I don't know two dollars more than minimum wage, they may want to keep that ratio. They don't have to, but they would have to bump you up to at least fourteen. It doesn't mean that you don't get pay increases down the road, but they have to pay you at least minimum wage. Okay, well, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate uh, appreciate that call. Uh, is it Chris? Yes, it is. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, I randomly heard this radio station for the first time, and it happens to be very convenient timing. Um, I was just provided with a letter of release, which essentially is a letter of resignation um, for hmm. no cause. I've worked there for approximately five years, and I was wondering what the, like, let's assume you calculate six months to eight months severance pay. At the end of the the court case or at the end of the process, what's the likelihood that you actually achieve that? Um, And, you know, and if if it's not 100% of your estimation, what is the the outcome? Excellent questions, uh, Chris. Absolutely. Now, first of all, I want you to understand that when it comes to employment cases, uh, most of the time you actually don't have to, not only do you not have to go to court, you actually don't even have to start legal proceedings. Most of the times we engage the company in a negotiation. I would send a letter. They would respond and we negotiate and resolve it. And that could take, in, in many cases, you know, two, three, four weeks, not more than that. Even in situations where you, legal proceedings have to be commenced, formal legal proceedings, 99% of them don't make it anywhere near a courtroom, not even you know anywhere near it. They resolve very quickly as well. So this is not a matter where, unlike other matters, you know, uh, family law matters that can drag on for a while, etc. Those yep. don't. That that is rarely the case when it comes to employment disputes. So can you get what you're owed? Absolutely. And in many cases, you can get what you're owed very quickly. The good news is the law is not very complicated, so it's not very difficult to, to agree to what you're owed. You know, I may say it's eight months, they may say it's six, and we'll agree to seven. You know what I mean? But it's not complicated. It's not much more than that. So you should never be worried about pursuing your rights. Now, if, if, you, if you're if you owed, you know, $1,000, it may not make sense to pursue it. But if you're offered three months and you're owed six months, absolutely it's worth pursuing. Well, I was offered nothing, essentially, and... and... Huh. I don't um, 
I, I don't want to tarnish, I guess, my reputation within the industry by essentially, I guess, utilizing or, or exercising my rights as an employee. Um, however, I don't want to get taken advantage of because of that. Well, Chris, so, what I say is this. You, you should never feel bad or, or feel guilty about pursuing what the law says that you should have. And, and you wouldn't be tarnishing your reputation. If anything, the company may be tarnishing it's by treating its employees illegally. Most of the times, in almost every resolution, we negotiate uh, a, a letter of reference. We negotiate good references. I've never had once in 15 years a situation where someone comes to me and says, I regret pursuing it because I've, I've hurt my career prospects. Never feel bad for pursuing what the law says you should have. And if you're owed several months' pay and you got nothing, you got your family to think about, right? You got to support them. So, you know, you do what you want. But I say absolutely. Let's have a discussion about pursuing your rights. Uh, so give me a call off here. Let's talk about it in more detail so at least you can know what you're owed and know specifically what your options are in pursuing your entitlements. Chris, here you go, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You know what's funny, Chris touched on about seven or eight things we, we talk about every week on the show. He doesn't want to pursue it, doesn't want to tarnish his reputation. Do they owe him anything? Do I get this? Is it a resignation? All these different things he said and there's this, you know, it's gonna be a long conversation to clear that up, right? Well, he needs to make the call, and he seems you know, somewhat hesitant. He doesn't want to hurt his prospects, but there really right. is not a real concern that he should have. We can resolve it, and, the, and he could be owed significant compensation. Can you imagine being out, out of a job, no, no income, you get nothing? Well, no, that, that's wrong. The law, as I said, is your friend. The law protects you as it protects Chris. Hopefully he calls me, and I can help him get what he's owed. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. As we uh, wrap it up here for another night, help at employmenthour.com, severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what you should be owed. And a reminder, the show is back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, the weekend shows, and now 10 a.m. Global TV. You'll catch Employment Hour in 30 as we